Talking Circle Studio. We went on our graduation trip to Disneyland, and uh, I met my wife uh, for the first time. Dang. And uh, not really my wife. You know, you fall in love when you're an eighth grader. And uh, right. I stole a Donald Duck for her, and I got put into Disneyland jail. Oh, oh they have nice. really Disneyland jail? They really have Disneyland jail, and it's not the happiest place on earth when you have to look at <laughs> Mickey and Minnie Mouse through bars. And I don't suggest anybody steal from Disneyland, but Anaheim Aww. does have a substation down there, and they're not messing around. So Dang. don't oh, steal from Disneyland, guys. I, I, I got I, my mom. My it's so funny that you should say that because my mom, the first time she ever, and she's probably gonna kill me if she hears this, but the first time I'm she, she the only time she ever tried cocaine. This was like the early 80s. I was like a little kid. And uh, she, her and her girlfriend went to Disneyland in the parking lot. They parked and they, they were oh, like, shit. they had, they were breaking it out and, and they hadn't even done it yet. And a freaking security guard came up on them, arrested them. Oh, buzzkill. Yeah, they got, they got busted for that. That's she so never did it again. Oh. When you don't even get the party started <laughs> yeah. yet and it's already downhill. Oh my God. <laughs> she was like 20, I think she said she was like 23 years old and she was just like crying. That's so funny. Haha, ha, mom. I think Coca-Cola might have still had cocaine in it at the 80s, right? <laughs> no, did, or did no. did they take that out? No, I, think, yeah, I think like in the 30s Dang, or something. Dang, no wonder I like coconut. I think I just put cocaine in mine. That's maybe what it was. <laughs> <laughs> More to come. Just on the weekend. Welcome back to the Terminally Unique Podcast. My <laughs> name is Dean. And my name is Diva. Right, very staccato. That was yeah. so unorthodox. Right? Was it, no, no, I, I'm just tired. The people 75 shows in, they're like, oh my God, can you change this already, please? <laughs> is that what they say? Yeah, that's what they're saying. <laughs> oh no, uh, is, that Ro- is that from Robin? That, no, Robin Robin is, she's she's a lover of our, podca- oh, of okay. our podcast, so she's not going to say anything bad about us. <laughs> she usually just talks... She doesn't like some of our guests, but no. <laughs> <laughs> she'll like this one. No, she's gonna love him. Yeah. So uh, let me see. What was I gonna say? What what is what do we do? What are we talking about? Banter. Banter. Oh, banter time. Yeah. Banter so time, yeah. what have you been doing this week? This um, past week. We just you know it's same old thing, man. We have we have we have one one thing happen after another. You know we have birthday parties and we got. Uh, not no, not karaoke. That was two weeks ago. But we have we have all kinds of. You <laughs> hey, know. what did you? Say? How was your um your Fourth of July? Because we recorded pre Fourth of July celebrations. It so. was on. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. It it was great. It was great. You know, you go to Fontana, the city of Fontana, and and I and I gotta say that that place is the whole place is like a big, huge like firework party like everyone has fireworks they're like illegal fireworks and they're going off all around you it's like it's like it feels like a war it feels oh, like a great. war that um but you know no, nobody's getting killed no one's so that that part is pretty cool i guess but yeah oh. that was fun what about you what'd you do um 
Shit. You can't remember. Oh, wait, for July 4th? Yeah. Oh, was I was at the Fairplex because I, I, um, I wanted... Pomona. Yeah, I know, Pomona, right? Uh-huh. I wanted to see Ray J and Jacques. And um, I was like, I love you. I would have thrown my panties, but I didn't have, I didn't want to wear panties. So I was like, oh, I love you. Yeah. But <laughs> That's hilarious. It was cool. And then I watched the fireworks while I was eating um, a bunch of junk food. Nice. Yeah. And then I was like into the whole guilt and remorse. The next day, I'm like, why the fuck did I eat that? Right. You know? you know what? You know what gives you guilt or remorse is if you don't do something you want to do. You know, yeah. and like you have these ideas in your head that you want to get out, and you want to put it through a podcast. Yeah. Which and what? Like, what studio go? do you go to? Where should you go? Right. Talking Circle Studio is the studios for you to go to. Yes. So um, if you want, if you have an idea for for a podcast, by all means, give me a call. At area code 818-823-9595 or the Terminally Unique Podcast at gmail.com. We will talk about it. I will tell you everything I know, which is not that much, but it's fun <laughs> nonetheless. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. And you, you really like it my network uh, over the last two years. You know, like I know... I know like 75 people like much more intimately than I would, uh, you know, just meeting them anywhere like at a meeting or or where I meet normal people. So it's kind of cool. You kind of really get to know people and yeah, you kind of create bring, a bond. You actually do. Every time I see one of my old guests, I'm just like, what's up, dude? You know, it's it's a lot of it's kind of it's kind of fun. And, you know, yeah. I've actually done some stuff outside of the outside of here with uh, with some of our guests. Dr. John, obviously. We, oh, yeah. He's one of our favorite. Yeah. We did a karaoke event with him. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, look me up. Uh, if you have any interest in doing a podcast and then if and you have any interest in haircuts, where would you yeah. go? Oh, you would go to West Covina Barber and look That's for Dre right. Cuts. Dre Cuts. You can look Dre. him up. <laughs> Inspector Dre. <laughs> look him up on IG That's under right. D-R-E-H underscore C-U-T-Z. He'll give you some good talk therapy while he cuts your hair. Yeah, and the guy does the guy does uh, really he he has a lot of good stuff to say. I I listened to his last podcast from oh, yeah. last week, and it and was what's that called? Dre talks. Yes, that that comes out two to three times a month, depending on if he gets a good enough guest. I always ask him, "Are you coming in this week?" And he's like, "I I I only want to bring quality guests on." And I'm like, "I appreciate That's good. that." Yeah. So he's been doing that. He had quality guests on two quality guests on this last week, and it was a really good show. Oh, that's awesome! And the guy is so awesome. I work with homeless people, as I've talked about before and he's he's actually offered up his services to help give haircuts out to some of them so we love dre here he's he's the best the whole minivan yeah we're gonna get like 20 people bring him over there and freak him out (laughs) (laughs) lovely (laughs) yeah all right so on with the show on with the show you're up oh me you yeah you do it all right so i met this guy wonderful guy a couple months ago and um sounds like the beginning of a horror story (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, dun dun dun. So, um, I was looking across the park, and um, I see this this guy with dreads. And as he shares, like I just hear so much wisdom and spirituality come out of his, his mouth. And I was like, Wow, who the hell is that? Yeah. And as I got to know him more, I said, We have got to get this guy on the podcast. So, everybody, welcome Matt to the Ooh, show. Yeah. Hi. Awesome. Hello, universe. <laughs> you know what's funny is that like uh what you said about him is what it, the first time i heard you speak at were a you meeting mesmerized? i was no i was totally I, I was sitting over there and i was like i'd never i'd never seen you but um, my girlfriend uh my fiance actually knows uh knows you i guess through the program for a while and and uh and i was like 
oh, this is a new guy. Look at the freaking wisdom he's got. And she's like, no, he's been around for a, for a while. For a while. I'm like, oh. I'm like, I got to get him on the show. And she's like, like oh, yeah. He, where have you been hiding? Yeah. How much do I owe you for that intro? That, that was really, really <laughs> well, nice. I'll I appreciate send you my, it. I'll send you the invoice oh, later. Yeah. Okay. That's so cool, though. It's so cool that, that you got the same kind of vibe from him. Yeah, I so, totally did. So what? Well, tell, us, tell, us, tell us a little bit about you. Well, first off, uh, most importantly today, my name is Matt, and uh, I am an alcoholic. Hey, uh, Matt. Hey. Yo, so yo, yo, family. What's your, um, what's your stats, like your DOC and your, your sobriety date? Tell the viewers. Oh, the let's, viewers. Yeah, <laughs> the let's, get, let's get the uh, statistics out of the way. Yeah. Uh, my sobriety date is May 5th, 2016, so I just oh. took uh, six years back in wow. May. Oh, cool. um, Congratulations. My drug of choice is everything except heroin, and we'll get into why. That is a little bit later on in my story, but oh. uh, there, there's a reasoning. Um, but yeah, I was game for everything, you know, a full-blown alcoholic, drinking all of the time. Um, party. Party's my thing. Right. Yeah. I like right. to party, you right. know, and right. parties look different, you know, depending on where you're at, but it, it's always a party for me, you know, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty good with whatever you got. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how funny. that word party like changes its meaning from like the first time you take a drink or a drug to the the last time, mm. right? It's like, it's like such a two different animals at it that point, It wasn't even right? a party the last time. Yeah, yeah, well, well but... actually, yeah, maybe right. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it really looked different. It's like my, my version of a party at the end was just like, I just got to get the stuff and I want to get away from everyone and go and into my... And not share. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm just going to go in my closet. It became hide. necessity. It was like my lifeline at that point, you know? Right. It was, wasn't fun anymore yeah. by any means. I couldn't you know? even shower, like, unless yeah. I got loaded. I know, I know. Okay. All right. So let's roll it all the way back. Let's go uh, to the beginning. So wh where are you from originally? I'm from the city of San Gabriel, which is uh, oh. not too far from here. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I At grew least you're up. not in Covina from Covina. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm relocated to Covina, so watch your mouth. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So you relocated to the what? Sobriety capital <laughs> of the To the sobriety universe. capital of the planet. It says that on Google Maps. Planet. Does it? That? Yeah, it does. It should. Oh, so it should. We have, a, we have a rug that says so. so. Oh. <laughs> if you ever like, find yourself at the Alano Club. <laughs> like the rug is like all of the yeah, validity you like, need. It's like uh, the Guinness Book of World Record or the rug. Either one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I grew up uh, in the city of San Gabriel, not too far from here. Um, my mother and grandmother were immigrants from Germany. Okay. Uh, they came here in the 1940s, I believe. Okay. Um, and uh, father, never knew my father, you know. I think he separated my, from my mom when I was two. Mm. Uh, I, I saw him in pictures and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, uh, when... They were together and uh, never knew my grandpa either. So there wasn't a lot of male influence in my life growing up. You know? So it was just um, your, your mom and your grandma? My mom, my grandma, and I have a younger sister. She actually lives uh, pretty close to this location. Down really? the street, he yeah. said. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Just down the like, street. Like, how many years apart are you? Uh, we're a year and a half. Okay, because, yeah, he said he left that too. Yeah, yeah. So he was. she was probably just born, you know, a um, okay. couple of months or something. Uh, uh, at least from the mathematical standpoint of it. You okay. know, I don't remember. Right, you know? right, um, right. I was just a little kid. But, uh, yeah, so grew up with uh, three women in the house. You know, oh. which is which is kind of tough. You know, I thought like when I turned eleven and I didn't get my period that there was something <laughs> wrong. You know, <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, what's going on here? You know, what about um, me? <laughs> yeah, definitely. What about me? My entire life. Oh um, my gosh. But yeah, I grew up uh, the city of San Gabriel. Uh, did you know we were extremely poor? You know, that was one of the things. You know, yeah. Um, uh, my grandmother came from, you know, war-torn Germany at the time, and she was getting my mom, who was born there also, out of there. I think my mom was about 11 or so when she came. Right. Um, and so my grandmother is used to, like, 
eating butter and bread, you know, for weeks on end. And, and like just she became a hoarder at the end of the thing because, you mm -hmm. know, they whatever she had, she needed to hold on to because right. she didn't know when she was going to get that. It sounds very Filipino, actually. But, uh -huh. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Filipino, Germany, like brothers and sisters. Yeah, you know? probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so life was like a little tough. Um, my mother also is a was an alcoholic addict, uh, rest in peace. She actually died from from heroin, you know. Oh, okay. um, yeah. And so uh, when I was younger and I didn't have a dad around and my mom was kind of like doing her thing, like I didn't understand. I just knew that like we didn't have what the other kids had, right. you know, um, not only just the material things, but like, you know, I didn't the have emotional th the emotional stuff. I didn't I didn't have two parents, you know, I'd go sleep over at my friend's house and the, the mom and dad would be like, what do you guys want for dinner and everything? And that wasn't happening at my house. Oh. You know, there was like roaches in the cereal boxes and and my grandmother like tried to do the best she could. But she was separated from my grandpa, too. Mm -hmm. um, so she did the best she could on her own. And then my my mother was lived with my grandma till she was elderly, you know, um, right. so trying to take care of her and, and a, a drug, drug addict, like daughter that you care about. And, you know, so it was yeah. just a lot on her. And, and I didn't understand any of that growing up. You know, I just felt like times were tough and I was without and uh, I had to find a means to go get things, you know. How did yeah. you do in school? In school, I did really, really well. Yeah, um, yeah surprisingly, I did. I did really, really well um, in it was about fourth grade. Uh, I would get into trouble. I was just a little troublemaker kid, you know? I would mm -hmm. get into trouble yeah. and I was a nuisance. And I would like, <laughs> nuisance, pull, so like the, pull the girl's hair in front of right, me and throw right. pencils at the teacher and make jokes and everything. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't figure out why I was so disruptive, yet mm. academically... I was doing really well. I would yeah. pass all my tests. Right. You know, um, I wasn't really big on homework, but when exam time came, I would like ace things, you mm -hmm. know. So um, in fourth grade, they gave me an aptitude test mm -hmm. and uh, and I scored really, really high. So what they decided is that I needed to move schools to get enrolled into this gate program, oh, which yeah. stood yeah. for gifted and talented mm -hmm. educations right. or whatever, you know. So did you go? Um, I did go and, and I was less than excited let's just say <laughs> i know my mom and my grandmother were probably like really um enthused that this proud. opportunity was yeah proud even yeah. you know that this yeah. opportunity was presenting itself and that i was going to learn maybe new learning techniques and whatever it is to be like a, a really functional member of society and do really well for myself mm -hmm. and um i just remember being ripped from my school oh, you know and, and, and getting taken to another school and having to meet, meet make people. friends all over again yeah. you know and once again i got to this new location and there was another thing that i didn't have you know, I, I didn't have any friends and I didn't have support. And now Aww. where where I was going to where I would get I would have lunch tickets, you know, we'd have free lunches and that kind of stuff, a government assistance. And now I was going to this school and parents were dropping off lunches and the kids family was oh. coming in Mercedes Benzes. And like they were really, really well they seemed to be really, really well wealthy. off. Wealthy. Yeah, as compared kid, to you guys. Yeah, yeah. I did I didn't have uh nikes you know i had la gear and xj 900 hey and, la gear is uh, kind of cool now hey, they're kind of making a comeback about. though you they're, know what yeah, i mean they're cool i wouldn't have the lights on the bottom i wasn't nerdy or anything at least um <laughs> I, I, would. I, I tried yeah. to make the coolest out of everything i had you know and i right. was the kid that would like get a nike t-shirt and cut the nike swoosh off and then glue it onto my shorts so that everybody think that i had nikes and wow. stuff like that you know okay. um, just really wanting to wanting to fit in and feeling that i i was less than and i had less than at a very young age so so how do you how do you get through school like that i mean how, how far in school did you did you go um funny story so i 
eventually I made it through the middle of high school. But so I went into this, uh, this class and, uh, you know, there was a couple of other kids that felt like they didn't belong either. So we formed a little click crew gang, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? And we would get into a bunch of trouble. And, uh, one of the, my friends, um, his household was really strict on grades. Um, and he was getting a B that, uh, that quarter. And uh, so we devised this plan that um, we would steal the teacher's grade book, right? Oh, my so, gosh. So we were, oh, we're in sixth grade, right? And we steal the teacher's grade book and we light it on fire and kick it in the gutter. Um, and we get back to the school and half the class is kind of like, like what's going on? And then a lot of the class was disappointed because they had worked really hard. To yeah, earn those, I can imagine. To earn those grades, you know, and... um. And then he had eventually couldn't take the guilt, the guilt shame, mm-hmm. and remorse, yeah. you know, and and he ended up telling on us, and so we got in trouble on all of you, on all of oh, us, you yes. know what I mean. So he got kicked out of the crew, you know, and uh, so sixth grade they moved me forward, and I got to participate in the graduation. But the last week of school, you get to do all these fun activities and pie eating contests and oh. all right. these things, and I didn't get to participate in that. I had to sit in the room in detention with my head down for oh. an entire week, you Jeez. know, and, and then um. And then junior high school, you know, was a uh, got into junior high school, and I started at uh, Garvey Intermediate, uh-huh. um, and they were known for having the most gangs oh, at really? a junior high school because it was like the centralization of like all of these other cities. So there was like Asians, there was white people, there was Mexicans. There was, it was just like really, really full. Yeah, and um, and so I went to school there, and I did okay. Um, but during this time, mm-hmm. I had uh, started you know, experimenting with drinking and, and, you know, smoking weed and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. really do you remember the first time? Um, I do remember the first time I remember, yeah. uh, we played this thing called Edward 40 hands. <laughs> and so we would tape 40 ounce beers to each other's hands. And then the last one to drink got punched in the stomach. The last one to finish the 40 ounces. And so here I am, a seventh, eighth grader, yeah. chugging 40 ounces of alcohol wow. back to back, you know. And, did and you I'll, lose? No, I didn't. Okay. I always had to win. I Whatever I did, I had to be better than you because right. I felt so much beneath you, you know. Right. And, um, and so in school, I was getting into trouble. And like by this time, with no guidance really in my life you know mm-hmm. no father figure or anything like i kind of was just like running the streets and um made friends uh that that also ran the streets you know and i was getting into trouble and i started committing crimes and doing little burglaries and stuff here and there and i went to juvenile hall um oh. when i was younger you know and then uh the eighth grade how long did you go i went th- i went multiple times you know not more to juvenile hall wasn't more than three months at a time okay. um, but i would go in for like three weeks i would come out and i would go in for a month and i would come out and then right. I'd go back in and then i would come out and then um so in eighth grade uh i did well enough to graduate um but then like we were talking about earlier i had this eighth grade graduation trip Right. Uh, where we got to go to Disneyland. And uh, in the midst of that, I got caught stealing there and I got put into Disneyland jail. <laughs> and, um, and and so I didn't get to walk my oh. eighth grade graduation. But I you got graduated. To depl- I graduated. They they pretty much moved me forward and it's like, get this little knucklehead out of our school. <laughs> yeah. Is that like, that's like a pattern you see. It's like towards the end of something that you're going to accomplish, you you basically make it over the hump but you just don't get to reap the the enjoyment of like the ending yes and not only did i rob myself that experience but i robbed my family from being able to go you know my mother my grandmother from being able to watch you know my dad wasn't around so we my mom 
Um, I don't know how far along she went in school as well, you know, right. but this was going to be a big moment for yeah. them, you know, and myself. And, and I just didn't care. I got the fuck it's at a really early age, you know. So then you go into high school. So then I go into high school and by this time I'm already drinking and uh, ninth grade, um, I'm four foot 11 and a half. I know you guys hey, can't hey, see me. Hey, that's my height. <laughs> hey. yeah, so I was, hey. I was as tall like Diva. as Diva oh, oh in, in the ninth grade, you know. Where and did so, you sprout? Yeah, 11th grade, you know. <laughs> so I was really short uh, and I would get picked on and stuff and I would fight back. And uh, I just figured that like I didn't like being at school. You know, there was too much discipline, too much authority, too much people telling me yeah. what to do. Um, and so I tried to join sports for a while, thinking that that would help a little bit. I was bit. just going to ask you that, if you ever joined sports. Yeah, I did. I played basketball, and uh, and I played football for, like, a couple of months, and then I was out of there. 4'11", at football. I, yeah, but I was quick, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to uh, say, you could probably quick. get between yeah. them. You know? Yeah, right under their legs. <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> yeah, and so just trying to find something, unconsciously, I should say, not subconsciously, unconsciously, to try to distract myself from getting into a lot of trouble you know and yeah. eventually i got pulled into the trouble again on the streets and i became more comfortable with that lifestyle than having a lifestyle of going to school or obeying the rules or any of that right. stuff you know yeah. and so um i got sentenced to camp when i was 16. okay um i, I went to to a school and one of our friends got in 2006 got shot outside of the school and he got killed oh wow um, because of some stuff that we had done to uh, this guy's brother the night before who was in the hospital and so he came for retaliation or whatever and you he know? killed your friend and he and he killed my friend and my wow. friend was shot and dead and uh i wasn't really worried about putting myself in danger or thinking that oh you know this is getting kind of dangerous i need to get out of here you mm -hmm. know it was like okay well they got it coming you know and uh and I, I was just like like i said i was very poor but by the time i was like 15 16 17 i started to get some things you know, mm -hmm. but the problem is, is that they were your things. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't my things, you know, because uh, I had like stolen enough from my grandmother and, and, you know, I had burned every bridge of money wise. So like I started to like sell weed and I started to like rob people's houses and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, and your stuff became my stuff, whether you're home or not, you know, that right. kind of stuff, you know, and uh, right. just thinking that like, well, if I have all of these things. That it's gonna make things me feel better. better. I'll be I'll be like the rest of you guys, you know, yeah. that I see with the things, you know. Yeah. I didn't understand the 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 emotional pain that I was in or my disconnect from my higher power that I have today, which is through the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. So what happens? So, so you go to camp and and are you kind of pretty much in and out of the, the system at this point? Um, yeah, I'm pretty much in and out. And um, I'd like to fancy myself very intelligent. So mm -hmm. when it came to like schemes and things, you know, uh -huh. I would things would get done, but I would always like dodge the bullet. You know what right, I mean? I would right. always be on this side of the line with my toe on it or, you know, and yeah. uh, I remember these these consequences that I was first suffering from doing these things. You know, my mm -hmm. mom uh, was had to point me out in the cop car and was like, yeah, that's him, you know, or mm -hmm. the, f the first time my grandmother realized that I stole from her, oh, you yeah. know, or the first time that my sister was up at night and like, when is brother coming home? Those mm -hmm. kind of things, you know, and yeah. uh, eventually my, my drug addiction and my alcoholism, what it did for me was it took all of those consequences and it turned them into inconveniences. Right. You know, now it wasn't a big deal that I was going in and out of jail again. You know, the the it was it was an inconvenience of me getting loaded the way that yeah. I wanted to. Right. You know, it, I didn't care that my sister was like 
didn't have an older brother to look up to or somebody mm -hmm. to protect her yeah. or whatever. Like, you're grandma's favorite. You get to live your own life. Who cares? You know, um, yeah. it yeah. didn't matter that my grandmother was disappointed that I got caught stealing again. Um, yeah. It was just an inconvenience because at this point, she, I wasn't going to be able to hustle another $20 from her to get what I wanted to get, right. you know? So it turned all of these things into like that. I was at one point devastated that were happening to me, uh -huh. you know, and it just became like, Oh, these are these are no big deals anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's that term like, where we oh, push the goalposts. Yeah. Once, yeah, once you keep pushing it back, once you cross that line, that line kind of disappears, and then that line's just right there and keep for, keeps moving further out. But I was thinking that oh, I was going to ask what what when is it that you kind of like moved into the drug realm? Because we talked a little bit about the alcohol being around junior high or something like that. But when did it really kind of like? Uh, they were almost simultaneous. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Um, Weed and alcohol were, were the exact same time, and, and alcohol might have been before. You know, I would go to the refrigerator and get drinks for my mom, and I would take the first sip, and they would laugh and think it's cute and stuff. You know, right. and, uh, my two best friends at the time, um, their dad was from a biker gang, and they cooked methamphetamine for that mm. biker gang at the house. And so Hell yeah. I used to stay with them <laughs> at this like trap house or whatever, you know, and, yeah. uh, yep, and I would I would stay there, and, and I got hooked to drugs and at a very young age, and also introduced to a lot of older drugs by a lot of older people. I was always hanging out with, with older people, like the younger people yeah. that were, you know, going to the park or playing with G.I. Joes or what Frisbees or yo-yos, whatever was cool at the time, just wasn't my deal, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're like in a whole different realm. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny because I thought that was normal because I surrounded myself with that, that I didn't really have like a different view. I, like it, I, it wasn't like I had these two things that I could compare. Yeah. I looked to the left and it was the same thing when I looked to the right. So yeah. like that just became really, really normal for me. You know? Right. Right. So you're, you're kind of going, you're, you're walking through life with just kind of like in this, in this fog and in this world. And like, when does, like, do you ever remember the, the moment when things changed and it seemed like, like you kind of saw like the drug for being the problem or, or was it just like, uh, not until way later, you know, oh, really? um, everybody else was the problem. The yeah. situation was the problem. The police were the problem. My friends, so-called friends, you know, it, they were the problem. The right. enemy was the problem. Everything was the <laughs> problem except the drugs and alcohol. I would, I would defend that to, to the ends of the earth. You right. Know? How are this your, is how I get um, by. Yeah. How are your 20s? Like when you got to your 20s, like how were they? They were good. So 16, I, like I said, I got locked up. I went to camp. I actually got my GED oh, okay. when I went to camp at 16. I was able to get it early. Right. Um, and there was a program they offered with Pepperdine University. Oh, okay. Um, and so they were, I always had that P word, right? The potential, you know? So yeah. every people were always trying to steer me in, in a different direction. Right. Um, but I was just so manipulative Resistant. at that time that I didn't care, you know? And so... 16 when i got out i was like oh who needs high school anymore you know i already got my diploma kind of yeah, thing right, you know? right so i didn't even graduate high school you know right. i got my my general education diploma you didn't even go to prom i didn't go to prom either you know i i got i went back later uh to a prom at another school that my friend invited me <laughs> to go on up. acid Oh, uh, yeah. that makes sense though <laughs> yeah. that really makes sense to me yeah i know like, right? why would you want to go to prom like sober anyway? sober yeah so i just spent my life partying and getting loaded and not yeah. knowing the difference between the two you know and then when i was 19 uh i met a girl and i got into a relationship that i stayed in for 15 years God dang. So what oh what, uh, yeah speaking of that the relationships what were the relationships like before that did you, did you have any any kind of relationships that would um, last uh, 
Not really. Like, my, my friends became my family. They became my girlfriend. They became, like, I held on to that because I didn't feel, I guess I would say, that I, f I got that from home. You know, so they became my father. They mm -hmm. became my mother. My parents' mothers became my mother. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, you're the son that I always wanted. And, right. You know, um, and because I'm very good at, like, mixing in and being nice when I need to and being presentable oh. when I need to and right. saying the right things, you know. So yeah. they always thought that they were the bad influence on me. And, and we all played equal parts, you know. But I used that to my advantage, of you course. know. Of yeah, course. Yeah. And yeah. so I didn't have a whole lot of relationships and then I had a big self-esteem problem. I still suffer a little bit from that today, you know. Yeah. I had a big self-esteem problem, so I didn't think anybody wanted to be with me. I was too shy to ask girls out, all right. that kind of thing, you know. And uh and so I said, "Oh, well, well, I'm just going to, you know, drugs are, are my girlfriend now, you know." And, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. And, and we love each other. Yeah, and then, that's for sure. You know? Yeah, my so, girlfriend's name was Crystal for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. so that's what I did until I got uh 19. 19, I got uh my my girlfriend and uh, and she, it seemed that she partied and used the way that I did. Okay. So it was a match made in heaven <laughs> or hell. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we stayed together for 15 years, and uh, during that time, we would have fights and things. And uh, because I was accumulating money from different resources or whatever, um, I would like I ended up paying for the place that we lived in, mm -hmm. and uh, I would buy her her stuff, and uh, I put her in Paul Mitchell. Oh she yeah, went to, yeah. To, to go to hairdressing school, school and yeah. everything. So I felt that well, I'm doing all of these things. Then my reward should be I can do whatever the hell I want on yeah. this side, you know, yeah. because I'm like the breadwinner, yeah. I'm the man, or I'm the this, yeah. you know. Because yeah. I didn't have anybody to teach me any different, really. Right, you right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I saw. So there was you just saw it as a power position, and I can do what I want. If I do this, then then I'm free to do whatever I want. And yes, and I didn't mentally say, well, I'm gonna do whatever I want. It, I just felt like that's what what I deserve. Your reward. Right. But that's how yeah. it was supposed to be. Right. You know, I, I, don't, I don't remember demanding it, but I was just like, well, this is the way it is, you know, and I accepted that, you and know. And did she accept that? Um, for a while, yeah, because she was like enjoyed you. the perks of okay. it too, you know, and like uh, she met with my friends and I had a lot of friends due to my connections and the little cliques that I formed when I was younger, you know, uh -huh. and uh, we're a lot of us are still close to this day, but there was about 30 or 40 of us, you know, that we... We go to gigs and parties and, right, and right. all kinds of things. And um, and so she got introduced to a lot of the friends and it was just like a big family, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, To yeah. tell you the truth, yeah. So so you're with her for 15 years. Over these 15 years, things are kind of like, sort of kind of like getting worse and worse and worse. They're getting worse um, and I'm denying it and I'm suppressing it, you know. And then uh, eventually we got back to a point where we moved to her family's house. Uh, out in Ontario and we we're staying there and every time we had a situation she would go to her sister or she would go to her mother and mm -hmm. so I was just left there with kind of nobody to turn to you know and like at that time I started to get really really resentful right. you know at whatever she was doing and um yeah and still have this like grandiosity of like I'm I'm doing x y and z that like you should like allow me to do and, a, B, and C. over the 15 years you guys were together, were, did you go to jail again? Um, yes, I went to jail, I think, two more times uh, while we were together. And she picked me up and she, what we like to call is held it down. <laughs> you uh, know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so I was like, it was great. You know, everything was great until it, until it wasn't. You know, the last 
five and five years of our relationship, we probably shouldn't have been together. Yeah. You know, but I didn't know how to to let go. Were you yeah. working at that? I was working. I always held a job, and that was one of the things oh. why I felt that I didn't have a problem. I always held a job. I went to work. I did really good. When I put my mind to it, I'm really exceptional. A lot of us, you know, yeah. we're really smart. We're really intelligent. That's what it says and, in the big book. and I always held a job, although I was getting high at work. I was drinking at work. Yeah, I would I would get to that line of like being too much or getting caught, you know. And I think my my job turned a blind eye. Uh, not only because I used to do drugs with my supervisor, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes but, sense. But my work was coming out great. You know, yeah. they they gave me raises. They they applauded me for my effort and what I did. And yeah, like certain... efficiency wise, you were coming out all right. Yeah. So yeah. Th- so I guess if they didn't see it as a problem for them, then you wouldn't see it. You then it must it. not be a problem for me yeah. either. Right. You know? So yeah. So this is going on the whole time, and. And so what happens at the end of that 15 years? The so, end of the 15 years, um, I were guess... You, were you with her when you got sober? No. Okay. No, I wasn't. Um, and so at the end of the 15 years, uh, we ended up separating. Uh, I tried to make the relationship work the best way that I could. What was the breaking point of, like, you guys breaking out? That's she, 15 years long She time. just had enough. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. she just had enough. And I was... I was sad for a long time and didn't know how to get out, you know, and um, eventually where I was living, my best friend was living next door and I was spending more time hanging out with him than I was her, you know, because all these resentments and everything had started to build up. And I started to, although I loved her, I started not to like her a lot as a person, you know, whatever. And I would rationalize and justify uh, whatever she did and make it me the victim. And it was Mm -hmm. just, it was just bad. And then we separated and then tried to Did you to guys get... ever have kids or anything? No, no oh, kids. Okay. Yeah. You, you don't have any kids? Knock no. on wood. No. Yeah, no. That you know no of? You mean? No. <laughs> I, I, de- I definitely, I took very, very much pride in, in not, and uh, I wasn't ready to be a father because right. uh, my father left, you know, and I yeah. still was acting like a baby, to be mm. honest, you know, and I didn't want to end up like my mother and my father. Yeah, know? So yeah, I, I, I just it. chose not to, not to have kids. Okay. So 15 years, she breaks up or she leaves and, and you're left alone. And how does, how does that affect your drinking and use? So during that time also, um, my grandmother had passed away. Oh. And uh, oh. a year to the date later, my mom had passed away from heroin. And oh. um, my sister... Like a no overdose. Um, yeah, well, she overdosed a few times. You know, when I was younger, yeah. I remember the paramedics coming, have a resuscitator. But she ended up shooting up and getting uh, an infection that she didn't tell anybody like about. Like an abscess? Yeah, like an oh. abscess, and it got really bad, and it spread, and it was gangrene, and then eventually they were going to have to amputate at the hip. And this was one of the hardest parts for me because my mother had always told me, if I end up in a wheelchair or whatever, like <clears throat> I just want you guys to like pull the plug or yeah. terminate because I don't want to have to live like that or have you kids take right. care of me, right? Yeah. And so it actually came to that point, and, um, and I had to talk to the doctors, and I had to be the one to make the decision, and the doctor said, well, we can give her the antibiotics, and um and she has a 30 percent uh chance or a 10 percent chance of living um or we can amputate from the leg you know but she probably is not going to make it through the surgery and we'll give her like a six percent chance of making it through that you know oh wow even less yes and at that point my mom was like unable to form words or say anything so i visited her in the hospital i said mom what do you want me to do like what do you want me to do i don't know like i don't want to kill my mom and I don't want my mom to be dead, but I also want to honor 
what, what she wants. What she wanted, yeah. you know, and at the end of the day, after like talking to a few people, um, that was the route that I went. I, because I didn't want her to have the surgery, come back, be resentful at me, and then kill herself because she didn't want to live like that right. and then have that. So, and drugs and alcohol are playing these voices in my head and, and just making this decision yeah, really, really worse. hard, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. eventually I just said, well, if I go by what she says, that's the best thing I could do. So I told them to go ahead and give her give her the antibiotics. And if she makes it, she makes it. And then the next day she had passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so at that point, I didn't feel like I had anything to live for. You know, I had no girl in my life. You know, I had no uh, my mom. Well, my mom died prior to that breakup, yeah. you know, but after that breakup, I didn't have a girl. I didn't have my mother. I didn't have my grandmother. Aww. Father was never around. My sister was off raising her own kids. So I just went on a tear. Boy, I went on a tear. Yeah. So how long was your tear? About a year and a half, you know, and in 2015, November, I got into a felony hit and run police chase uh, car accident, DUI accident. And uh, I rear-ended the guy in front of me and I, I took off and I sideswiped another car and the police chased me. And eventually they, they caught me and I crashed into an electrical box and uh, they put me to jail. And then I, uh, I guess a little bit of me cracked open with the grace of God where... I didn't want to suffer these consequences anymore. It wasn't an inconvenience anymore. You know? right. It was these consequences again right. that I just didn't want to suffer. And I was like, how did I get here? Yeah. From the last time you went to jail to that, how long was the time span? Um, I managed to stay out of jail for years, oh. a few years, six, yeah. six, seven years, probably at least eight okay. years. Um, so it sounds like a pretty serious charge, though. Yeah, it was, you know, and I had to get I had to get a lawyer and then um, I had to go to jail again and, and I had to do Mothers Against Drunk Driving and, and all of that stuff. And that was uh, November. And my sobriety date um, isn't until May 5th, the following year, 2016. And because of the lawyer fees and everything, I got money the way that I knew how to get money, you know, which was selling drugs and stuff. And yeah. so um, it's a it's a big, long story. But, you know, there there's terms that we hear in Alcoholics Anonymous. And one of them was principles before personalities. Yeah. And I understood what that meant as soon as I heard it, you know. And the yeah. best way I could put is what happened to me during that time is that I had violated some principles on the street within mm -hmm. my friends. And yeah. some personalities were coming to look for me, you yeah. know. And uh, <laughs> my my girlfriend at that time, because I had to get another girlfriend because I don't know how to Can't be alone. Be alone. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, um, she was putting me up in a hotel room. Um, for the weekend, you know, and she just said that, you know, I can't. And uh, I remember I went to a liquor store and uh, to go get a beer. And I I was in three cities far away, but I just came from my friend's house. And there was these other guys in there and they had a city tattooed on their hand. And I mm -hmm. said, what are they doing here? And I put two and two together, you know, that uh, he had called them and they were going to wait for me at the liquor store because it was only one liquor store that we ever went to get beer. Right. So it was like a setup. So I run in the car and I tell her, get out of here. And she doesn't know what's going on, you know, and then I come clean to her. Because I just told her that I drank and we smoked weed together, but I was still using methamphetamine. I was still doing cocaine. I was doing uh -huh. a lot of stuff. And I finally came clean to her. So she got me a, a, a room to be safe in for the weekend. Right. And um, she, I, I watch a lot of TV, not having a dad in my life, you know, after school specials. And of everything. course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so God, again, you know, I, the only thing I could think of was to grab this piece of paper. And I remember writing, my name is Matt. I have a problem. I didn't know what an alcoholic really yeah. was or an yeah. addict really was. You know, I had yeah. my own idea. And I just started pouring my heart and my soul onto this paper, hoping that whatever God out there was going to listen, you know. Yeah. And um, she ended up reading that and said if I wanted to get help, that somebody else was going to have to know, you know. And uh, I didn't really have anybody to turn to. And I, I, I ended up telling my boss at work 
Um, and he directed me uh, to. So you were still working, even I, I, I was You're still working. The streets oh, wow. and working. I was still wow. working. Yeah, I was still Efficient. working. Yeah, um, I like to have an alibi. You yes. know what I mean? So, so I, I, I was Smart. still, I was yeah. still working. Um, I ended up telling my boss, um, having nobody else really to turn to, yeah. and he directed me to somebody that was working with me that was actually is in the other program. You know, and right. um, and so he was my Eskimo. Um, and what he did was he called up. Uh, he said, "Have you ever thought about a sober living?" And I said, "I didn't know those two words go together." Yeah, you know, and, <laughs> what is that? And, and I didn't know what it was. And right. um, he said, "Well, I'm going to call this guy. We're going to go uh, uh, leave at lunch break, um, and then you're going to go meet him." And I said, "Oh well, let me think about it on Friday, and I'll let you know." You mm -hmm. know, and um, and he saw through my bullshit, and I'm so glad that he did. You know, so my boss gave him the the okay to take me out of there, and I went and met the guy at a sober living on Tuesday. And then uh, Thursday, I was entered into that, that sober living, wow. May 5th, 2016, which is my sobriety date. Wow. So you didn't have to go through any rehab. I, I didn't. didn't. I didn't. I didn't go through any, any rehab. and Intensive uh, outpatient, no nothing. No, and I didn't even get there because I wanted to change my life. You know, um, yeah. I, there's a lot of people and especially younger people that I hear that are like, I just can't take this anymore. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. other than those like little glimpses of me thinking like oh this is the worst thing that's happened in my life yeah um when i got into that sober living i said oh this is going to be good the heat's going to die down you guys are going to show me how to not do that that last line or maybe how to not take those last two shots <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and be able yeah. to drink and figure the formula out yeah. and then after the heat's down then you i'll go out go there out. with this new information and i'll be better than ever yeah you know that was my thing and thank god the program works the way it does you know yeah. and uh I treated the program the same way I was on the streets. I like to fly under radar. So they told me, oh, if you get a sponsor, you get commitments, you got to do this. And I figured, well, if I do all that, then eyes are going to be off me. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can get away with whatever I want, you know. And I, <clears throat> and I started doing those things and, and the transformation took place. It's so funny how you kind of go in the program not knowing, like, you have, like, a whole different intention, you know. Yeah. Like, going under the radar, you're just going to do whatever they say. And then boom like spiritual experiences happen transformations happen and you're like what the hell just happened yeah, to me i i totally identify with that that whole thing i remember sitting in my first meeting being super disappointed when they're like telling me that you know that you can't drink ever again or you can't use ever again i was like fuck yeah this this program sucks right. <laughs> you know <laughs> but i'm like well i'm just gonna i'm already here i might as well stay here you know what I mean? and, and i found some of that stuff out during the inventory process and that is technically when i hit my bottom because once i saw on paper yeah how I was affecting the lives of others and the damage I was causing and the mm -hmm. hurt and the pain that I, I didn't realize any of that before, yeah. you know? So I was just like, once I did my inventory, I was like, I don't want to be this person. I don't yeah. want to live like this anymore. I'll do whatever you guys tell me to do. Yeah. 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 You get six and seven. I, I was just talking to the beautiful Amanda oh, yesterday yeah. uh, and we were, and she said, she said this, uh, she was like, after I got sober and I looked back just like a few weeks, uh, I was like, I can't, believe that was me you know mm -hmm. and and i said i had those exact words talking to my sponsor uh, we were going through step one or something and and i was like and I'm, I'm repeating the stuff that i had just done several months before and i'm like fuck is that me like right. i can't 
I mean, that doesn't jive with who I am right in this minute. You know, like I couldn't do that, but I did, you know? And, and so like, it's funny that I think a lot of us have that yeah. realization, you know? And in step four, it was, was super transformational for me. Step four and step five, because when he started pointing out and he kept leading back to the same thing over and over again with all these different situations, you're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like, oh, damn. And then later when you have the same feelings come up that they came down, you put down on paper and you're like, this guy, and you're like, oh, and it kind of comes back to you that it's like, oh, it's the same thing again. Like, Absolutely. I can't get away with this. Yeah, the, pa- the pattern. The pattern. Yeah. It's, like, it's just like the, the veil has been, you know, to, pulled away and you're like, oh, it's me. I'm the one behind the fucking veil. Yeah. You know? It's been me the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Surprise. <laughs> exactly. It's like a fucking, like one of those twists at the end of a movie when it's you, though. You're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> and I heard Diva mention spiritual experiences, you know, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but I no, wanted to share. No, we have a lot of time. Go okay, ahead. I wanted to share two that happened uh, with me, and Do one tell. of them was that transformation. Um, I s- accountability. I still occasionally smoke cigarettes, right? I wanted to say I don't smoke cigarettes anymore, but I occasionally smoke cigarettes. <laughs> right. I've changed to vaping, you know. I, I've tried to quit, and I've been doing a good job, but once in a while, I'll, I'll fall short, you know. Um, right. But at that t- point, I w- I smoked cigarettes, you know. Um. And I remember I would smoke a cigarette, you know, and I had a little ashtray in my car and I would Uh put it out. Uh um, And then I would throw the cigarette butt out the window. You know, I wouldn't do it on fire because I'm in the program now. I'm spiritual. (laughs) I'm not going to catch anything on fire or anything, but I don't want my car to smell like cigarettes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I had, it was about 12 noon. I had probably smoked four or five cigarettes and did that same routine that I just explained four or five times. Right. And I was driving down Barranca and I threw my cigarette butt out the window and I got about four blocks down the road and I said, I need to go pick that cigarette butt up. Mm. Like that is not anybody else's trash or whatever, you know? I, I don't, and I turned around and I picked it up and I remember having a, who the hell am I moment? Like, where is this coming from? You know, because that is definitely not me. And I was able to see the, the process of Alcoholics Anonymous start to change who I was. You know, and yeah. I kind of got like high on that a little bit, you know, Hell I yeah. was super excited. And even to this day, like if somebody puts a cigarette butt on the ground, like if they're done smoking, I'll pick it up yeah, and then I'll yeah. make sure I go and throw it away. You know That's what I mean? so cool, man. It's just, it's just so weird how that happened. You yeah. Know? I, you made me think of the first time when I, when I got sober and I went to Home Depot and I bought a bunch of stuff and. And there was like, you know, I know, I, you know, I got a drug addict mentality or just like, I I have that, that running till in my head. I know exactly how much stuff's going to cost. So (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, it should be about, you know, 80 bucks or something like that. And it was like 60 and I'm like going on here and i kind of like looked at the receipt and 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 i like and i and i saw that she missed a couple things Mm -hmm. and and i'm like and i kind of got to the door and like something wouldn't let me go through that door man and i i turned around i was like fuck i gotta and i did it and and i i gave you know i I showed it to her and i paid the extra 20 or whatever and then i I walked out but like um i remember calling my sponsor too like like that night going like uh yeah you know this happened to me and i was like waiting for him to go wow you're so great you know (laughs) and he's like (laughs) he's like he's like He's like, yeah, what does it feel like to do the right thing? And I'm like, well, I thought it was going to feel better, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But I mean, but I did, I did really kind of internalize it. And it did feel like, it feel like, it felt exactly like that, dude. Like, like this, this isn't me. This is like, not even the guy I was raised. I always was Shady Dean. You know what right, I mean? Right. Shady uh, Dean. Yeah. Huh? I never heard that. Yeah. Damn, I, I like was, that. Oh, that's, he still is in here somewhere, but you know, oh, yeah. he just, 
I gotta like shine the light on him so he's not so shady. <laughs> Isn't it a trip that like before I, I didn't care like how I hurt people or who I hurt yeah. or the things that I stole mm-hmm. or these big things, and now like the lady overcharges me two dollars, and I'm like, wait, 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 no, 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 take that back. Here's your two dollars. You over, you charge me double for this thing. Like the yeah. things that don't sit right well with my soul today. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I would think like, okay, yeah, yeah like. I don't want to punch anybody in the face, right? Like right. The, anymore. The, anymore. Like, well, sometimes. So, yeah, but, no, I was going to say. I'm not well, going to oh, punch shit. anybody in the yeah. face anymore, right? Like, <laughs> right. I could understand, you know, wanting to change that or like being like, okay, this is the new me. I don't want to do those big things, things. that I used to do. Yeah. But yeah. like, now it's the little things that don't sit right with me, you yeah. know? And, and it's just amazing, like, to know that I was that person that didn't care about any of that. And today that, like, it doesn't, I can't sleep. I can't sleep right. If, what if was, so um, face, cool. you know? You said you had another spiritual experience? Uh, I did. Um, is somebody cutting onions in, in the no, kitchen? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> no. Um, Are you crying right now? No, I'm not. Don't lie. <laughs> Definitely not. I love uh, people who cry. So, <clears throat> my dad that I talked about, right, yeah. um, wasn't in my life. Uh, he came, I, re- I think I remember him coming back when we were 13 um, he told me I couldn't smoke weed. He was there for like a week, said okay. I couldn't smoke weed in the house. And of course, I'm the man of the house now, you know, so I tell him, screw you. And we get into argument, whatever. And uh, I, I think he ends up stealing my grandmother's car okay. and uh, and leaving it somewhere. Was or he one of us? Um, no, oh, okay. that's that's the funny thing. And huh. that's what I thought. He didn't steal the car. Oh, you know, okay. he borrowed it. It ran out of gas. He was screwed somewhere. And then he just decided to leave, which is still a dick move. kind of. Yeah, it's still a dick move. But um. Yeah, my, my sister um, sent me a message and she said, hey, uh, dad wants to know if he can have your number. Wow. And I said, dad, who? <laughs> and, I was kinda, and I was kind of serious, yeah. you know, um, and she said, well, she's been keeping up. Like, I don't have social media. I've never had social media, mm-hmm. any of those things. Um, but she's kept up with my dad's side of the family, my grandma, his mother, my other uh-huh. grandmother and stuff. They, they lived in like Bakersfield and in Stockton, like really far away where right. it seemed far away, you know, yeah. but through social media, she was m- having to. relationships with these people, you know? Oh, okay. And, um, so she was like, yeah, uh, dad wants to know if you can have your number. And I told her dad who, you know, and I said, I'll get back to you. And I talked to my sponsor and then my sponsor was like, yeah, just give her the number. No big deal. And I didn't do it. You know, and um, and how how sober? How 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 long were you sober? I had been sober two and a half years, maybe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. And and I didn't do it. You know. And I had thought that I had done the inventory and the forgiveness and all of that stuff. You know. Um. But apparently, I hadn't. You know. And uh, and so she texted me again, and she said, "Hey, well, he's gonna come meet his grandchildren. Um, We're going to uh, lunch." Um, at this location right if you want to join us feel free to join us you know and so i said okay well that's twice in a row ah. um and yeah. i talked to my sponsor again you know and uh he kind of walked me through some things and he said hey just have an experience you know just go there have an experience don't put any expectations on yeah. it yeah you know just just mm-hmm. show up if not for him for your sister okay you know um and and so i did and i went and um i prayed along the way and we went there and uh what were the feelings coming up to, for you like on the Prior way there too yeah getting there hurt so you were like angry anger yeah um sad was there like sadness in there? a little bit of sadness it was more on the angry but like yeah. sadness definitely some fear right you know um i was 
also worried that for some reason, even as a grown man, that I wasn't going to be enough for him or uh-huh. what he wanted to see or, or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, all, like it was just a whirlwind of emotions. To <laughs> yeah. Right, like, right. All I kinds bet. of things. And, I bet. Uh, so, so I went, you know, and um, immediately just putting myself in the position and taking the action that my sponsor said, some of those things evaporated really quick, uh-huh. you know, and I went there and I had lunch with them and I was like, oh, this was great. We didn't talk about too much. You know, it was more about him and my my nephews at that time and right. him meeting his grandchildren, and my sister, and was just kind of like, oh, what are you doing? But you can only squeeze so much stuff into about an hour or something, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then we said, okay, and we said bye to each other, you know? And um, and I went back and told my sponsor and uh, and this like relief, came over me, you know, and, um, and then, so I gave my sister the telephone number and I said, go ahead and give it to him, you know? And, uh, and then he texted me. Mm-hmm. And so I texted back and, uh, we went and met up for lunch another time. And oh. this time it was like, okay, cool. See you later. And the first two times that we met, uh-huh. um, there was no physical contact. Was, okay. Yeah. It was just lunch. It was, was just it talking. cordial. Was it, it was very cordial. superficial yeah. conversation? Part, part of me after the first interaction, I got really, really mad because I thought I was expecting him to bring up a whole bunch of stuff or to say mm-hmm. sorry or to do all of these right. things. Right, you know? right. And, and none of that happened. Like he's you not know? in the program. I, I know. I know. I, sometimes <laughs> I forget, I forget that patience, you know? Um, oh. And then we, we just started meeting up for lunch, you know? And, um, then it started go from no contact to, to handshakes, you know, to handshakes. And then my dad was going through some stuff and I was kind of able to like be there a little bit for him, you know, and uh, he, he eventually moved up to Hemet and um, he moved up there and he said, Hey, come visit me. Would you come visit me? And uh, I went down there and I had, I had blown him off like two or three times, you know, just mm-hmm. because things had actually came up. I really didn't blow him off, but yeah. I didn't make it a priority either. Right. Um, and I went down there and this lady came to the driveway when I was pulling up and she said, Hey, you must be Frank's son. He's told me all about you. And I was like, what? Like my dad's talking about me. You know what I mean? Like he was, and then I got there and he's like, Oh, come to this apartment. I want to show you this person. I've been telling this person about you. I want you to meet that person, you know? And, uh, and when I left there, um, me and my dad gave each other a hug and said, I love you, you know? And, uh, I don't remember a point in my life ever being alive that I was alive that I'd had a hug or said, I love you to my dad. Wow. You know, um, it's beautiful. And that's because of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, (laughs) like I didn't expect those kind of things to happen. And, uh, today we have a a relationship, you know, it's not the greatest, um, we're building, you know, but Mm -hmm. I go see him. I'm going to go see him this weekend. Um, and he made me the beneficiary of like when he dies, like yeah. to have his stuff, which isn't much, but just the the thought that yeah. like, you yeah. know, yeah, I'm yeah. important to him, you know? And I think all of my life I was kind of searching for to that, be, for, for yeah. that, you know? Um, and, and I didn't even know it, you know? And, uh, and didn't think that I would get that from the program from not drinking and using anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah it it yeah. just blows my mind. It dude. like opens up the doors to all these, this different worlds. That's world, such a you beautiful know? story. I know. I, so I love, love that. What do you, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> when do you think you really moved past like just not drinking anymore? I mean, wh- when did it become like just like oh okay, yeah? When did it become a spiritual program for you? I mean, was that right away, or did it take a while before you're like, I thought I was just supposed to be here not to drink or not to use? For it, it didn't take a while for me. You know, nope. this is just my story because I hear a lot of yeah. people that struggle, and I want to like empathize and sympathize yeah. with them, but yeah. that just wasn't my story. You know, right. they they told me. 
to find somebody that has what you want and then mm -hmm. do what they did. And I think, you know, my attempt to like fly under the radar and stay busy so that nobody would notice somewhere in that process backfired it backfired and it turned into real altruism <laughs> yeah. right, right. You know, and, and yes. it was really me wanting to do these things and yeah. and i can pinpoint the moment you know um but it, it feels really good though right when you do these things and then you're because you're doing these things because you're supposed to you know what i mean but but then you do them and and you get something out of it and it's like it's like this positive feedback loop that you're getting where mm -hmm, you're like yeah Oh, may, maybe this maybe this is the way to be living. You know what I mean? And and then you open your door, you you open you know your your heart to it or whatever. And, and the next thing you know, you're just like kind of fall into it, pretty much, right? Yeah, these experiences that you have, they're just not things that you talk about, but they're things that you actually start feeling. Yeah, yeah. you know, you you really start to get a euphoria, or you feel yeah, good for yeah. doing the right thing. You know, and um, they tell you, well, my sponsor told me, you know try to do nice things for people, but then don't come and tell me that you did them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Because exactly. That's, that's true humility, though. Like, yeah, the other day, we were talking about humility, and I was like, you know, humility is when you do things and you don't tell anybody about it, and you just thank God that you're able to do these do things them. for other people. Yeah. You know, like, God's grace is, like, enough um, validation for you. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I love that. I do, too. too. I, and But it's funny because it's like, um, it's something you gotta like learn and, and something for, yeah. for your, for your sponsor to tell you or something, you know, for, it doesn't have to be your sponsor, just anybody, anybody in the program, you know, anybody that you look up to or whatever. But so like in the six years that you've been sober, nearly six years, no, just six, six years. years, yeah, just six years solid. Six years, right? yeah. solid so like, solid yeah, six. <laughs> yeah, solid six. How long, uh, I mean, have you had, you have you had your ups and downs in there or has it all been just fucking peaches and cream? And or um, for the most part, um, because of the perspective change mm -hmm. and the, the principles and the, you know, the, the work that is told or suggested uh -huh. um, for me to do when I get in these situations, most of my sobriety was peaches and cream. I was on that pink cloud that they talk about for five years. Wow. And I heard it. A speaker once say that your fifth year of sobriety is gonna. It was my hardest, and I, a lot of people saying the fifth. And I'm like, not me. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be oh. doing, you know. And my fifth year was killer, bro. What happened my in your fifth, fifth year? There was there was a a relationship thing that went really really thing relationship thing. Relationship you, mean there, you, you were in a relationship. <laughs> yes. For by how the, long? By the technical term, um, the the situation that was bad was like it was two incidences. And um, the person said that I did something that I didn't do mm -hmm. because they had recently relapsed oh, okay. after, you know. And um, and then I had to kind of fight um, the words that she was putting out there on me mm -hmm. and really what I had done, you know, my yeah. actions. And those two definitely did not match up. And a lot of people knew that they didn't. But then I didn't know who didn't know. You know, yeah. so I'm going here trying to defend myself with X, oh, Y, and Z, you wow. know, and that like became to take over some of my mind space. Yeah. And then I got into an actual relationship and we were together about nine months. Um, and then we separated and it was Cor cordially, cordially, like cordially, but still hurts, right? Relationships yeah. hurt all the time, you know, yeah. cordially. And um, I had this. Were they in the program? 
They were in the program, yeah. How long was like uh, how long? Five years. Okay. Four. They just took five, so they had okay. four at the time. I was about a year ahead ahead of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so not too bad. So you're you know? not like thirteen stepping. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no I just had to clarify that no, for the audience. Definitely not. But I, I'm also not opposed to that. I guess. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and then I had like a a breakdown during COVID. Yeah. Um, I was totally fine, you know, and they shut everything down and yeah. they told everybody to stay in the house and I was out and moving, man. I was going to beaches and I like they shut all the beaches down. They're like, you can't go. But I'm like, San Diego hasn't done it. So I drove all the way to San Diego. Like if I want something, I go get it. You know, they right. kind of taught me that in program, too. So like I was didn't experience this like lockdown and isolation that mm -hmm. a lot of people were experiencing, you know, but um, I went to the DMV to go get my tags renewed uh -huh. and the DMV was closed and I looked online and I thought it was open. And so I get there and the DMV's closed and I don't know what happened in that moment, but I pulled my car over and I was like, what, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like, I don't no. know where it came from. Really? And I'm like, do I need to change my job? And like, I guess I wasn't doing enough writing on these situations that were bugging me, you know, and it kind yeah. of like just came to that point where all of a sudden I did feel like I was in isolation. I was all alone. And that, am I happy with my job? They're not paying me enough. Is this the career I want to continue going? And right. Like, those things came up. And all I came up to a head all like at the same time. Straight self-reflection. Yeah, all of that came to a head at the same time. Um, and it lasted about like two weeks. I had this like unsurety. Um, and I would go to my sponsor and I would go to my friends and I would go to my sponsor and I would go to my friends. And then I just did what they said and, and it sucked. And times are tough, you know, but I eventually mm. got through it and it was fine. And if I could have applied exactly what they taught me and had a different perspective, um, I would have totally been okay, you know, because now I understand that things don't happen to me. They happen for me. As long as I can remember that, you know, then uh, yeah, 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 put my faith in my higher power that things are going to work out the way they're supposed to. So how do you connect your higher power regularly? Ooh, I love this topic. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really, really big on meditation. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, I, so are we. I thought I didn't know yeah. how to meditate when I first did. You know, um, my sponsor asked me, what do you do to relax? And I said, well, I just like crank on Jimi Hendrix and I smoke weed and I just lay on my bed. Heck and, uh, yeah. And he's like, that's kind of meditation, you that know, but you got to do it without the weed. Yeah. But I do remember when I was like eight years old um, to get away from some of that chaos that was in my house. Like I used to fill up the bathtub mm. and I would lay in the bathtub oh, yeah. and I would put my ears and like everything except my nose under the water. Mm. I didn't know that was the term when I was a little kid, you yeah. know, and I would just lay there until the warm bath water got cold and then I would turn it on again and I would do the same thing. And so like yeah. that was my like clearing my mind, not focusing on anything. But today yeah. I, I run a 11 step meditation meeting. I'm really big on meditation. Um, that's probably been the, the foundation and the cornerstone of my sobriety is meditation. <laughs> that's awesome. And man. I was introduced because I followed a girl into a meditation meeting. <laughs> 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 and then the meditation stuck. So That's great, that's man. So that's so funny, great. huh? Yeah, there's, I mean, a lot. There's reasons for, inter you know, these interactions. It might not be the reason why you want it to be, but right. it'll yeah. end up as a blessing somehow some way yeah it's so weird you hear a lot of people that have been in the program for a while and, and you talk to them and there's like there's definitely something to the people who do the meditation yeah. i'm always attracted yeah. to those people i'm always like oh you know and that i mean it there's definitely like a, a peacefulness or a calm yeah. i mean it's it's one of the steps yeah it is it is. Yeah. it's prayer it is. and meditation, meditation. Yeah. not prayer or, or meditation, meditation. Yeah, I know, you know, I know. When, when you're really not feeling well you know we our serenity is directly in tune with like our spiritual <clears throat> practices you know yeah. so mm -hmm. if you're up in arms or you're sad or you're disappointed or you're just like you know all over the place um 
look look into that look into meditation you know and uh meditation you can do it if you just take a conscious breath in and a conscious breath out that's meditation yeah, that's yeah. A, exactly. of course you want to expand on of that course, yeah. you know what i mean but yeah. we think oh i don't know how to meditate or you know i thought it was an eastern philosophy or practice yeah. you know that i had to be a monk and sit with the own position and like yeah. shave my head and wear an orange robe and stuff and, and yeah. you don't need to you know like yeah. today i can In meditate any color. anywhere how do you feel about <laughs> if i shave my head huh I mean, it'd be fine. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I really would. I really would. <laughs> it'd be fine. There's going to be a point in time in my life, like, I'm going to shape my you head. You got good skin for it. You can yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. I, I, you know what, though? Like, I, I got to say, like, um, it does It does kind of, like, I think people, like, when they, when they hear meditation, it kind of gives them, like, a connotation that, oh, it's, like, some other kind of belief system or whatever. But, yeah. I mean, but meditation has so many definitions, you know. Yeah. People, right. like, can meditate, like, on, like, a sentence or an idea. Just, like, sit, you know, like, I've had I've had people that in the program that have been, like, oh, yeah, I, I'll get, I'll read a paragraph and then I'll, I'll sit in my, in my porch and think about it for a half an hour in the morning, you know. I'm, like... That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, and that that really is a form of meditation, not the kind I I might use, but you know, it's it's fine. Yeah, I how long have you how long do you meditate every day? Or do you meditate every day? Yeah, I I do meditate every day. Um usually I I do it at night, um but I attempt at night, huh? Yeah, at nights nights easier for me. I like to I don't like to go to sleep with a head full of thoughts or yeah. you know what I mean? Right. I, I try to like wind down. Sometimes I'm not really good at doing it in the morning. Right. Because I'll wake up and, uh, and I'll just, like I'm, re I'm ready to go, you know? Yeah. I'm ready ready to go and uh, sometimes I'll put one on in my car on the way to work or at my break, you know, I'll put one or, or I listen to headphones and I'll put a 2-minute meditation on. So the times vary. Um, yeah. But I've been able to get quiet and I, the meditation meeting that I run, um, we usually play like a guided meditation. It's about 15 minutes long okay. um, and we just get quiet. Um, the world has been trying to teach us meditation that you're yeah. talking about without us knowing that that's what it was. Like when you were yeah. frustrated or as a kid or whatever and they tell you, just calm down and breathe, you know, or just count to 10. <laughs> yeah. Or when a, 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 a lady is giving birth and they tell her, okay, just breathe, Lamoth. Yeah. <sighs> like yeah. All of yeah. that, that, that's meditation. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, so if we can think outside of the box and not put a label on what we think it is like I do with everything in my life. Yeah, of course. Right. You know, um, it, it's, it's, it's been very, very successful. But yeah, to answer your question, um, roughly some days better than others, but probably 10 to 20 minutes a day. That's perfect, man. That's perfect. Yeah. I, my sponsor is kind of crazy about it. I yeah. think he does. I like, did. Yeah. Before he, I came here, I was like an hour and 15 were you? minutes. Yeah. yeah. He's, he does, he does silent, like silent meditation. Um, no, I, I picked a good, uh, I picked a chakra one. Oh, today. nice. Yeah. yeah. Get that, get that yeah. realignment going. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. One. Are you going to ask him your question? Because yeah, we're way over answered, an hour. He answered oh, yours. So earlier. like last question. Okay. Um, if someone, if a newcomer with 30 days or less came to you, what advice would you give them? Advice on what? Because they're, they're going to have a whole bunch of different problems. So depending on the question that they ask me, you know, if they just said, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling. Up. I'm struggling, and I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, I would say that's okay. I've been there also. You know what? What? What are you struggling with? You know what I mean? It doesn't even matter. What are you doing right now? Come with me. You know, and that's I would I and do. I would take them to whatever meeting I was going, <laughs> or I'd so take them true. to right. whatever general service meeting. I because I'm I'm involved in a lot of service, which is also helps my recovery today. But whatever I'm doing, you're coming with me to do it. And, and you can whine and complain and bitch about your problems the whole way over there. You know, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But you're not alone. 
but you're not alone. Yeah. And and the people that you see with 30 years, 40 years, they had a day one. They were where you were too. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah. if they if that can happen for them, it can happen for you too. And I'm I'm here for it. So let let's go. That's funny. Were you always open to like a, the idea of a higher power, or is that something that you? No. Yes. Um. When I was younger, you know my. My mom would take us to church oh. um, and she would drop us off there. And it was kind of like our babysitter, Your babysitter. I was gonna yeah. Say, yeah. As, yeah. as she went out and got high and did her yeah. own thing, Low you know, yeah. Yeah. it is kind of like, a babysitter. yeah. And then so um, when I was there, you know, it's just like the rooms, you hear things, you know, keep it simple, all the little phrases. And, yeah. and in church, I heard a lot of things, too. And I started to be like, OK, like this is cool. There's like some type of hope out there. Like yeah. the right. problem was that I felt that they set the bar too high. Yeah. You know, right. and, and they were like, well, if you want to be saved or whatever it was, mm-hmm. then this is the life you have to live. And somehow at a young age, I, I knew that I wasn't capable of doing that. <laughs> it yeah. seemed impossible at, like, it at seemed a young very age. Impossible. It was like, yeah. Especially when I you're a kid end. because you don't really have the, any control of what's going on in the house. And it's like, I don't have, I can't do that. You know, people drink in the house or whatever, you know, whatever the, the problem is. But yeah, I, I get it. And for me, the religion, it always felt like it was me. And then insert whoever here, the, the priest, the rabbi, the monk, mm-hmm. the whatever. And then there was God. Yeah. That there was this you. middle man. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the beauty of Alcoholics <clears throat> Anonymous and the higher power of your own understanding is that yeah, I get a direct, direct contact yes, yeah. with yes. my higher power today. You know, and you I get don't to define need, him too. I get to yeah. define it as well. Yeah. You know, that, that's very true. But I, I was born with everything that I need to connect to my higher power, you know? And um, yeah. when I do my shares, you know, I talk about the principles that we live our lives by, you know, the the uh, brotherly love mm-hmm. and right. the faith and those kind of things. And people think, oh, well, I'm never going to acquire that and I'm never going to get that. And if Alcoholics Anonymous was a program of me having to like prove myself or do something or fail one more time at something, I probably wouldn't be able to do yeah. it. Yeah. But they told me that's a program that I uncover, discover, discard. and discard. Mm-hmm. And... When I was out on the streets, like when my friend said, hey, you know what? I'm supposed to pitch in 20 bucks, but I ain't got it today. I said, hey, don't worry about it. It's on me. Yeah. That's brotherly love there. That is. Yeah. You know, when I woke up in the morning and I looked around and I said, I don't have no money, but I'm going to get fucked up today. And I, and I believed it. I <laughs> yeah. knew that there was a that was fa- That's faith right that's there. That's faith You're, right yeah, there. Yeah, you know, when, when I called the connect and he was like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. And then he wasn't. And, he, and I called him again. He's like, I'll be there in another 20 minutes. Don't worry. And then he wasn't. He said, don't worry. This time I'll be there in 20 minutes. And he wasn't. And I yeah. waited. That was perseverance. Yeah. See, we were born with all of the principles yeah. we need. Yeah. We just had them not directed. In a different in, way. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I tell, I, I always, when I worked in treatment more, like I would tell all these people that would come in, they would kind of like, you know, spent their whole life on the street or whatever. Uh, and, and they're like, I don't have any skills. I'm like, dude, you got the most skills. Man. Yeah. You were like an entrepreneur. You were a, you know, like a businessman. You were a salesperson. You, you, you know, yeah, you could yeah. figure out math. You could figure out profits and losses. And, you know, like. That is uh, so you made true. a bong like, out of a Gatorade bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many, so many Arts skills. And crafts, the creativity yeah. in us. Yeah, the creativity. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So. 
Well, we're at um, uh, an hour ten, which is uh, over overtime, which is perfect. But really, thank you. It was definitely worth the, really the overtime. I appreciate it. Here. I appreciate it. Well, it was a special episode. You said seventy-five, right? Which is a silver anniversary or something? <laughs> it was some, it's something around seventy-five. Well, we're gonna pretend that. Yeah, this is special. Special. yeah. I really appreciate. It, it. I is could a talk special. To you, guys you can tell thank everyone you that. Yeah. So much for being yeah, here. Thank so you, guys. Love and light. Oh man. All right, Diva. What else? What else you got? You got anything? Before we go, no, I'm okay. What about West Covina Barbara? Right now, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Hit up Dre Cuts, you guys, Hit if you want up. some talk therapy and yeah. get some good hair. Speaking of talk, you can go to Talking Circle Studio. You can reach out to us here at the Terminally Unique Podcast at gmail.com or at me at 818-823-9595 for some special podcast info. All right, thank you so much. We love you. Thank you, Matt. I thank love you. you. I love, love you both too. of you. All right, let's say goodbye to everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Okay,